You are listening to a Natural Products Insider Podcast. With Rachel Adams, Managing Editor. Brought to you by Supply Side West, November 6 through 10 in Las Vegas. Hello, and welcome to the Healthy Insider Podcast. I'm Rachel Adams, I'm Managing Editor of Natural Products Insider. And today I'm at Expo West in Anaheim with Jeff Crowther, who is the Executive Director of the U.S.-China Health Products Association. How are you doing today, Jeff? Hi, Rachel. I'm doing very well. How about you? I'm good. Can you tell us a little bit about what you see in terms of trends or consumer trends, their interest in, in health and wellness in China? Sure. From the well, we can start at the government level, and that's the most important thing in China. Is is you got to follow the government. I mean, as a business person, uh, and you're, if you're in an industry and you follow the government, like what are the government initiatives? What do they want to happen in the country? And a lot of times, like for health, for example, there's a big push from the government to make sure that Chinese citizens are paying attention to their health, that they're eating better, nutrition. Um, so health products or, or, or dietary supplements are a big part of that and from the top um, you know they just had a very big meeting uh, in, in China and one of the you know caveats there one of the top thin things they talked about was was trying to replace not replace but to try to um, replace drugs with health products meaning let's let's go more proactive and preventative and get people eating better, get people exercising, get people taking health products and eating better so that as they grow, you know, as they age and grow older, that they won't be sick. And the major reason for that is China has a, a top-heavy um, uh, population for uh, uh, senior citizens. Because of the one-child policy, it, it really distorted the number of children that were born. So now they're at a level that within 20 years, they're going to have a gigantic population of people that are 65 and older and not enough working people to support that at a social um, level, you know, and taking care of them for medical costs and stuff. So if that population, as it grows up, you know, their population population um, chart is a, is, a, is, is a inverted it's an upside down pyramid whereas a healthy you know uh, country with the population should be more of a, a, a bigger base with a smaller top end so that the bigger work, working group is, is supporting the social security and supporting the Medicare and all that type of stuff so it's paramount for China to make sure people age more healthily so nutrition health products exercise are three really big parts of the Chinese government's um, push now the problem there is that although the government wants that to happen other parts of the government meaning like the regulators are much more conservative and very kind of slow to react to this so there's still a lot of trade a lot of barriers to entering China in terms of it's very expensive it takes a long time to get a dietary supplement approved for sale um, and then you know circling back to what we were talking about before with the social media and WeChat and all that that's where the you know the internet and, and WeChat and social media are, are important because we can go through and use that cross-border e-commerce platform and and kind of circumvent having to actually register things in China and just sell them through e-commerce directly without a registration so there are ways um, to to get in the country but to get into brick and mortars and to be on a shelf in China you have to have a registration from the Chinese FDA which is about 
about 150 to $160,000 and takes about three years to get, so it's quite expensive. Yeah, that is a challenge, and, I, and I, I'm sure that there's different um, different regulations regarding claims, and etc., so it probably would also take, a company would have to modify their products to sell them in the Chinese market. Yes, yeah, sometimes they do, because they have their own, uh, China has their own, um, you know, potency restrictions, and you have to follow the guidelines for how much how much D or whatever you can put in a supplement. And, but um, they do have, uh, last year, and in, in moving into this year, they do, they did finally finalize, finally finalize, <laughs> <laughs> um, they finalized the notification or recording process for letter vitamins. So vitamins like A, B, and minerals, you can, you can go through a, no, a notification process or recording process it costs about ten to sixteen thousand dollars so it's not free and it's about ten months uh, approximately to get it done and that allows you to get approval from the government get in and sell in a brick and mortar as well as sell on e-commerce and all that so that's it's a it's a little step forward so um, you know again you got to watch what the government's doing and seeing from the top that this is very important it'll start to trickle down eventually and we, we see that you know in the coming years the regulations will start to soften a little bit um, it's never going to be like the US market you know open and you know it's not going to be like that but it'll be open to the point where I think most companies will be you know excited and happy that they can now there's a little bit more transparency and they can actually get stuff in the market and not just stay you know kind of trapped in the cross-border only right. uh, I'm curious does it, with this and like the push from the government to for people to take care of their health and prioritize their health um, do they incentivize people is there, how, how do they do that? How do they encourage their population? Um. Well, I mean, again, it's it's announced, it's public, it's on TV, all the news channels pick it up, it's, it goes all over the news, print news, television news, um, and and Chinese people already are, are pretty much a health conscious society. I mean, it, you know, you can just look at, it's a foodie nation, I mean, food is so important in Chinese culture, and, and eating right, um, um, Chinese medicine, I mean, it just goes through the whole culture that there's that sense of, you know, there's certain herbal remedies, there's certain things you you know that's why they, they they drink hot water mostly you don't see Chinese people typically drinking cold water because Chinese medicine that's not it's not good for your body so there's a lot of these health concepts already in, ingrained in the society um, but again going back to social media which is really interesting is you know when I first got to China there was a lot of gyms that were opened in like like five-star hotels and people didn't really go to gyms too much like lifting weights and trying to build muscle it wasn't very popular um, but just in that span of, of, I've been there 13 years, that has changed so much so quickly. Gyms are crowded, and the social media part of it is interesting, is people are like posting and bragging about how many kilometers they ran that day, and they'll post the pictures, and they'll post their map of where they ran, and 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 it's becoming like, oh, I can run for more than you. And inside WeChat, there's a thing called We Run, and it keeps track of you know how many steps I take today. So I'm here at Expo West um, in Anaheim. I'm, I'm gonna have really, you know, usually about eight to nine thousand steps walking on this gigantic floor, and then that gets posted automatically. And all my 
all my friends on WeCheck and see how far I walk. I can shut it off, but you leave it on. People like to brag, like, I did 10,000. <laughs> and then people will try, I did 11,000. So it brings out this yeah. competitive nature in people. like to, And I'm sure you know that's a similar thing that happens, kind of human nature. Yeah. Um, but that also is a part that kind of encourages people to exercise and be like, hey, my friends are you know getting in shape. And you'll see, you know, going back 10 years, there was only a couple marathons in China. There's now... I don't know how many hundreds of marathons. Every city has one. Um, Ironman is going over the triathlete. Uh, triathlons are there. You know, there's so many different, uh, you know, cycling, swimming, all that stuff is, is getting really big in China. That's so interesting. I mean, there's such a convergence happening with social media and, like you said, the government encouraging people to be more healthy. Sure. And uh, it'll be really interesting, I think, to see what's going to happen with the health and nutrition industry in China. Yeah forward and I think it'll be interesting too to see um, how it will impact other parts of the world and that's why sports nutrition is a great you know segment to look at mm-hmm. because fitness is growing so fast the unfortunate thing is the regulatory again is a little behind the times and slow to catch up but you know as fitness grows sports nutrition usually rides rides the coattails of that um, and, and can grow with it, um, and it is. It's growing quickly, but not as quick as it could be if it was, you know, the regulations were a little bit different. So sports nutrition is definitely has a you know, big potential in China, and there's um, we cooperate with uh, FIBO, which is a German, um, uh, from Cologne, it's a German fitness and uh, um, sports nutrition conference or expo. They brought that to China, and we cooperate with them, and we do a lot of sports nutrition education with our members for trainers there, um, a lot of our members go to FIBO, and it's just you know all fitness equipment, uh, wearable fitness tracking devices, clothing, uh, sports nutrition. All the big brands are there, and you know showing all their sports nutrition. So that's that's a really exciting dynamic segment of our industry that's growing in China as well. Do you see a lot of consumers relying who are interested in, in sports nutrition? Do you see them relying on supplements or? Um, I mean, it's still a small percentage, but it's it is growing fast. I mean, it's definitely growing over I think 25 25 percent or something. It's growing quite quickly, but it's still I mean the population is huge. So uh, by the numbers or by percentage, depending how you look at it, it is a small percentage, but it's a big big group of people. Right. Yeah. Right. And I'm sorry, this is my last question. I feel like I could probably ask you questions all day. No, no, no worries. <laughs> uh, but what's, what's the penetration in the market in terms of, of sports nutrition companies? Do you see a lot of companies that are also marketed in other parts of the world, or are they Chinese-specific manufacturers? No, it's mostly, um, you know, sports nutrition entered China quite a while ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was just basically focused on that very tiny, tiny group of, you know, Chinese guys mostly, but girls as well. That were looking at, they were like bodybuilding, right. and so they went after. They saw, you know, you can see magazines and they can see all the print from international, especially from America. So American sports nutrition globally is is the big one. I mean, and so that's what they wanted. They wanted, you know, those name brands from America. Um, there is there is a, a couple of Chinese, you know homegrown Chinese brands that are popular. Um, you know, there's a company called Buy Health, their English name. They have their own sports nutrition line and another company called Competitor. 
both, you know, it's a Chinese company, Chinese manufactured, and has, uh, you know, good penetration in the market. The foreign brands, um, there's a lot more of them. So there's all the American brands are there, a lot of European brands are there, you know, brands coming in from Australia, mostly uh, lots of protein, of course, whey proteins and these things, creatine. Uh, one of our members, Alschem, is you know leader in, in from Germany making Crea Pure. So that's they've got they're, they're really like the China market. It's got a lot of potential for them. Um, it's very very uh, like the FIBO show. Any show that has sports nutrition, it's crazy in China. Really really fun. Wow, yeah, that sounds like it's fun. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Jeff. I really appreciate your time and your insight. No, thank you so much. It's uh, good to see you again. I always enjoy our talks. Yeah, me too. <laughs> well, enjoy the show. Yep, you too. Bye bye. For more award-winning podcasts from industry experts, go to insider.com and click in the podcast section. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts by searching Healthy Insider Podcast. Hit subscribe to never miss an episode. To join the conversation about the supplement industry, leave a comment on the podcast's Twitter, Facebook, or SoundCloud accounts. This episode has been brought to you by Supply Side West, November 6th through 10 in Las Vegas.